G'day, g'day, welcome back to another episode of A Lot To Talk About, here with the king himself, the main man down here at the Illawarra, the Dragon Centre, Mr. Zach Lomax, I'm the captain of the ship, the man in charge, Brad Driver, <laughs> and it's good to be here. Thanks for having us, brother. Bro, the man, thanks for coming down. Um, Appreciate it. No, thanks for coming in. And, we and got around the studio earlier today and there's a little bit of noise, so we've ended up here at your place. Yes. It's exciting being here because you're a guy that you know, the area, the Illawarra has been able to get around in the last couple of years and the NRL because you're playing amazing footy and, you know, you're one of the characters of the game that people seem to really love. How does it feel to get the love and the appreciation from the fans? Bro, thanks. It's a bit of a compliment too. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, but, bro, it, honestly, the Illawarra, it's, it's my second home. Obviously, I'm a, a country boy from Tamora and it's only mm. a small, small country town. The population is only four and a half thousand people and man the, the Illawarra was obviously so much bigger but it, it still has that community vibe and everywhere you go you know you, you got you got support all over the shop yeah. and obviously this year we didn't have the season <laughs> that, that we would have hoped for or planned for um, but man the support that you get especially when you're going well here at the um, at the Red V it's outstanding and got so many so many close mates here that I, that I've yeah. that I've grown with over the years since since I've come down and I've got heaps of family here too and yeah to to see um, some of the recognition that, that you get over the time um, and the support that comes from the community it's it's outstanding and um, everywhere you go the, um, the the dragons hold a special place in everyone in everyone's hearts here and there's there's some some pretty dedicated fans too and then they wear their heart on their sleeve so. Hopefully this year's a big one for us, mate. I have no doubt. You know, you're a, obviously a centre, so you wear that number four jersey, you can score tries, you're good in defence, you kick goals, you sound like me in under nines. But, <laughs> man, my progression has changed. I ain't no footballer anymore. I'm interested to hear about you as a young fella playing footy and have you always been a centre? Have you always kicked goals? Like, what's your career progression been like? Bro, I've always kicked goals. That was always, um, yeah, it was always something that I've done and... My old man actually built us goalposts back home, and we used to, yeah. man, we actually used to live in a shed back home, and um, it was sort of not not planned to be. And um, dad was a builder back in the day, and man, we dad built a shed, and we ended up sort of living in there, and it was all fully decked out. And um, yeah, we, we mum and dad had plans to, to build a house, but we ended up we ended up staying there, and we we're on five acres, grew up, you know, riding motorbikes every day, and. Um, obviously footy was was a major part of our lives and my, my brother Hayden was right into it dad obviously grew up playing and, and pop and um, so yeah I mean I was Hayden and I were out there kicking goals every day and yeah. um, but bro coming through the ranks at Tamora it was just it's it's all it is it's just sport 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 everyone's always outside everyone's always doing something um, you know when it's when it's rugby league season on the Saturday you you play you play you play rugby union on the Sunday or all the boys that weren't yeah. playing rugby union would play AFL on the Sunday and um, vice versa and then come cricket season everyone would play cricket and whether it was basketball it was just everyone's always outside everyone's mm. always doing things and you know Every family knows every family, so my mum's a local hairdresser, so yeah, she um, she knows all the goss. She knows all the goss, and my my little brother's the local barista, so he knows all the goss plus some. Yeah. Like, so mate, there's always um, 
you know, it, there's always support back home as, as you sort of touched on what the Illawarra's like. I still, to this day, I, I, I've got my best, my best three mates from, from back home. I still, I've got two that are, that are living with me now and, um, you know, it's, it's, um, I can say I'm, I'm pretty lucky and, um, to be able to call my mates, still my best mates and, um, you know, to see how close I am still with That's them awesome. and I still live with them, man, and it's um, it's good and hopefully, I'm sure that will never change, but yeah, I'm super, super grateful from the community that I come from and yeah, I love it, man. I, yeah, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have changed my childhood for, for nothing. I love to hear that, man, and we, you know, we're lucky to have a coffee together this morning for about an hour and you could tell family's a big part of your life and it's yeah. awesome that you still got that connection. Alrighty, so we've just been talking about footy, of course, and there's one thing that feels good footy, and it's good food. So I've got two words for you, Lowy's Kitchen. Talk to me about what that is and what that means to you. Yeah, I love it, bro. Obviously, I haven't been, haven't been able to be as active on it lately, and obviously because we went up to Brizzy and um, we're in a bubble there for a little bit, so I was sort of moving house and um, everything was sort of all over the shop, but man, I love my food and I love love to cook and just sort of do my own sort of thing man and cook whatever but my go-to is probably i really love smoking my own um meats like yeah um into a sort of um like use my own smoker and and um yeah. all along them lines but love watching gordon ramsay gordon ramsay's my favorite and he's um he's the best and Love his mentality too. He um <laughs> the way he goes about things, he's pretty ruthless. And, yeah, he is, isn't he? Um man, I just love cooking. Like I eat so much food, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um but I'll cook whatever, man, and um Alright, so so let me pitch something to you here, right? Let's say it was a Sunday at your place, everyone's coming around and you're head chef. What you know, what's the menu look like? What's a brekkie, go to brekkie on a Sunday? I'm talking off season when you can get a little bit mutters when you can be proud of Fat Club and, you know, lunch, dinner, what's that look like? As in, so if I'm going to go out and eat or cook at home? Give us a bit of both. Okay, so I'll do brekkie. If I'm going to go out, there's a cafe that, um, that's in North Gong, actually. Yeah. Uh, um, Connie's, you surely yeah, have been there, yeah. yeah. So Connie's, I'll go and get the French toast there and I'll have oh. it with... Um, with Nutella and maple syrup, and bro, they are the best. And I'll, I'll normally get that pretty much every day or every next morning after a game. Like I'll go down to to Connie's and get the French toast there and have a um, a coffee. Um, small double shot flat white. That's my order. Um, and then for lunch, if um, so, if I'm at home and um, I'll get most of the boys to come over, I do like. Yeah, some smoked meats, but I think a brisket would be my, my go-to and um, sometimes I'll just do sort of salt and pepper and I've got this sort of little gun that I'll, that I'll put some sort of flavouring in and it just, you can sort of inject it to the, into the meat and it just sort of makes it a little bit, little bit more tender. How long on the um, smoker? Normally about eight hours. Yeah. Yeah, about eight hours. So you do sort of a method where you'll smoke for about four hours um, and then I'll wrap. So when I say wrap, I'll, I'll wrap it in like um, some butcher's paper or or aluminium foil. Mm. Um, and then you, I normally put wrap it in. But I've got my own sort of rubs that I use too. And um, 
you just sort of pick it up and whatever rubs that you like, everyone's everyone's different. Like there's yeah. all sort of different ones you can use, man. And but yeah, brisket's definitely my favourite. And then so you'll smoke it for three three to four hours, and then I normally wrap it for about two and a half three hours as well. So I wrap it in yeah butcher's paper with, and I'll normally do honey, bit of brown sugar. Um, a bit of apple juice yeah. normally and that that's in for about two and a half three hours and that's what really really makes it nice and tender and then after that i'll take that out and sit it back in and just sort of almost grill it kind of thing for the next half an hour to an hour and i've, I've normally got my own sort of barbecue sauce that that i'll make up and you just sort of baste it yeah and then you just, every sort of five minutes, five to 10 minutes, you just sort of take out and base it a little bit and it just sort of caramelize and crisps yep. the outside. And um, that's what, that's that's my favorite, man. Or, or, or ribs. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love doing them, man. But only because I really enjoy them. Like once once they're done, like it's the best feed ever. Yeah, like, bloody hell. Smoking Barrels does some mad yeah. burgers in town too. And um, I try and follow some of their their briskets, and but they're outstanding. And but my smoked meats for sure. For dinner, if I could have anything, it would be. Have you ever been to Il Nido in Valgauni? No, but I've heard really good things. So, do yourself a favour. Next, um, next gorgeous girl that you come across, take her out for dinner. Yeah. Il Nido, the pecorino cheese wheel, bro, best. Yeah best and um that's like the catch is is it they call it cacio pepe too or something like that where they've got the the wheel and they put the pasta in and like yeah so it's it's this actually big cheese wheel and they just sort of mix it up and they bring it out and they mix it up all in mm. front of you um it's the it's the nicest pasta you ever have that's all sort of homemade like they do their own sort of yeah beautiful yeah so it's the best you know what the challenge is there we've got to find to a gorgeous girl <laughs> It's not easy, bro. You just it's never know. Easy. You, you got the looks, you got the tattoos, you got the rig, you, you know. They're not doing all that much. They're not doing much? They're not doing much, What is it? What are you missing bro, then? Bro, I think I've just been not training enough, eh? Oh, jeez. So, like, if you're sitting at home, like, say, music's on. Bro, see, I'm, I'm different. Like, my music's different. Hit me with different, though. What's so, different? like, well, let's let's see. What, what's the you know, last, you know what's a little what's bit the last song? When Spotify rap gets sent around. And you start to think, I've been listening to some weird shit. What's, oh, look at this, bro. This is, that's one, la, my last searches. Christina Perry. And then we got, then we got Skinny Love. Fuck. Bro. This that's is a my... good song. Which one, though? Birdie. Birdie. Yeah. yeah. She's a remix, isn't she? Because Bon Iver was the original. Bon right? Iver's the original. Both good, though. Best, bro. Well, if I could sing, you got a voice? Absolutely not. Do you ever, do you ever drive in the car? I do this all the time. Hundred percent, and drive, sing and, and you, think I'm outstanding. Yeah, but you think you're outstanding, but then you go, "Fuck, I sound alrighty. Maybe I'll mute it, shock myself, keep going, and see if I sound any good." It's <laughs> always horrid. And I look at myself in the mirror and just go, "Jesus Christ, never do that again." Yeah. <laughs> Thank God I can pass a footy. Eh? Oh, Jesus, bro. Yeah, proper embarrassment. See, I'm a Frank Ocean but... guy. Yeah, right. Well, bro, my my top um, artists, who were they? Ziggy Alberts was number one for this year. Yeah, nice. Love Ziggy Alberts. He's good. I'd um, love to interview Ziggy. Bro, he's 
I like him because he's honest. Yeah. And he just says what he thinks. Like, but I reckon he's got mad voice. Oh, insane um, voice. Who were they? They were Ziggy, Justin Bieber, J. Cole, Ed Sheeran, Drake. So right, it's, we're very similar there. Yeah, so... Massive JB fan. We love Actually, Fooney behind the camera. Him and I spoke about going to the concert next year. Bro, some tickets. best. Bro, I love him. insane. I, yeah. He's got the best voice ever. I think, I think the most talented would be, in my opinion, Ed Sheeran. I love yeah. him. I think he can just... Yeah. He can do it all. Yeah. He's and got, he's funny as fuck. He's fun. got it all. He's very funny. The best. Not the, not the looks. Nah. Not the looks. Because he just reminds me of James Graham and James Graham <laughs> looks horrible. <laughs> no, I'm joking. James Graham's the best fella ever. I love him. He's, he's like one of my dads. Love him. So two questions to finish off. Going to get quite vulnerable and a little bit honest and authentic with these two, which you've been throughout the whole interview. Yeah. But I'd be interested to know what your biggest fear is. Biggest fear? I mean, I just reckon... not being able to be the person that you are and mm. I just feel sometimes you try and be someone that you're not and I feel sometimes that I, I do that and but I feel like I'm getting way better at it and just being able to be the person that I really want to be and um, I feel it takes a fair bit of courage and that, that you to be honest you could really strip back a lot of people and, and just and just ask people why, like, and understand what their sort of meaning is and, and what really, what their purpose is. And I just feel sometimes myself, I don't be myself at all times in regards mm. to I don't say what I think. I don't say how I feel a lot of the times and I don't be completely, completely honest with, with what I'm thinking there and then. And I feel it goes a long way to helping you become a better person and, yeah. you know, learning a lot of things. And my mum's the best at it. My mum is, and I know I speak about my mum my, my and dad a lot. And no, I love it. My mum is just straight up and down. She just tells you what you need to hear and be honest with me at all times. And she doesn't sugarcoat anything. She, um, at all times, she would just say what she thinks, and um, as it, yeah, as I was sort of saying earlier, it can rub people the wrong way. But just being a little bit more confident and just and just sort of backing myself in regards to saying how I feel, and um, I think that can really, yeah, really develop me more as a person too, man. You know, I want to share a story with you off the back of that because that thought there and that fear is something I've been sitting with a lot lately, and. I think the hardest thing, yet the most important thing in the world, is figuring out what your purpose is. Yeah. You've got purpose, you can overcome anything, you can achieve anything. Like when something is set within your soul and it's like a deep desire and you know that you're doing it for the right reasons, life-changing. And I've been lucky to find that in my life with storytelling and connecting with people. The other hardest thing in the world is to be yourself and to be super comfortable with mm. letting the world think what they think. And I'd been sort of battling with that a little bit because there being in this space of content, I've always tried to be really honest and authentic, but sometimes it's a little bit nerve wracking, right? To step out and be completely who you are. 
And I'm writing a book at the moment, it's nearly done, and I was lucky enough to get a publishing offer from someone, and there's a lot of stuff in the book that's really vulnerable and raw, right? And I sat with it and I thought, man, it feels weird sharing this. It feels super honest, like it's, it's me putting that 100% authentic version of myself out there. And as I was sitting with that thought and playing that through my mind, I was, I was really lucky to meet this couple at an event probably three or four weeks ago now and I'd met them at this evening event it was like a documentary premiere for a mate of mine and we got chatting and pretty quickly come to the surface that um, the lady that I was speaking to had lost a brother to cystic fibrosis at the start of the year and we started to have this really sort of honest and you know quite emotional conversation you know it's still so fresh for her they'd wanted to reach out to me because of my CF and the event that we had just run for CF and she said every time she tried to reach out, it was really hard because it was still so raw and so fresh. Yeah, and we sat there for about an hour and just spoke that night. And she shared me with me the story of her brother's life. And he was 25 when he passed, the same age as I am. Um, he had the same genetic mutation as me. And whilst he'd battled his health a lot more than I had, and you know, I've, I've worked really hard at keeping myself as healthy as I can be. My parents have done an amazing job of that in my younger years. There is still an element of luck involved. And I left there that evening and I'd been really healthy for a couple of weeks and I literally walked in the door of my house, coughed and my mouth filled up with blood and I hadn't bled in my lungs in weeks. It was the last time I coughed that night but it was almost like a universal reminder of you're mortal and you're not that dissimilar to this guy, you know, but you didn't get the short straw. You're lucky to be here, you're blessed to be here. And that was a Friday night and I swear to God I slept no more than five hours that weekend thinking about this guy his name was David, I've written about him in the book. I got the statue of David there. And I kept looking down at my arm and thinking about this lad. And I thought, how can you be scared to fail or how can you be terrified to be yourself when this guy doesn't have a chance anymore? I wanna ask you one last question before we finish off. This one's a, I guess an accountability one because I hope that this interview is a reference point and almost um, can hold you accountable to this in years to come. Maybe you'll look back on this in 10 years when um, the, the 1080p, 4K, whatever it is we're shooting in is, is very old fashioned. But I want you to set yourself a challenge for the future. But I want to be, as a player, I want to be the player that my teammates want to play with. And when they ask, when they're asked, who is your favourite player or your favourite teammate to play with? And if you had to be in the trenches, who would you want to be there with? I want my name to be there. and um, I want people to say, yeah, I, I love playing with him. He's got my back on and off the field. And As a bloke, I want to be known as, as someone that was honest, family man, and someone that was loyal and, been, and will be there for you no matter what. And, I feel if I can do that and, and um, be honest, be the best person I can be, man. And, you know, I feel like it's, it's a, it's a, plays a massive role in, in playing good footy and being the best teammate you can. But that's what I want to be known as a footy player is someone that, that wants to play with you and someone that wants to be in the trenches with you when the game's on the line. And um, being the best family man I can be, bro. Hopefully. Okay. Hopefully be at the Dragons, man, and hopefully win a few premierships. I love it, man. I've got no doubt you will. I'm sure you fulfill all those dreams and challenges, and 
Mate, I was a fan of Zach Lomax, a footy player, before I got here today, but I'm a fan of the man now too, so thank you so much. Mate, Appreciate it. Thanks,